1: This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith, and on this episode, we welcome Colin Mitchell. Colin's first sales job was at 22. He then became a VP of sales at 24 and a founder of his own company at 25. Colin and his wife started their first company when he was 25 and grew to 5 million in annual recurring revenue in 26 months. He's a four times founder passionate about sales, entrepreneurship, and podcasting. And he's the co-founder of SalesCast and the host of Sales Transformation, He currently lives in Los Angeles with his wife, three kids, and a brand new puppy. Get ready, Conquerors. We're going to talk podcasts with Colin Mitchell coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. Colin Mitchell joining us on this week's episode of the Conquer Local podcast. Hello, Colin, and welcome
0: to the show. George, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and uh, excited to have this conversation.
1: Well, you know, when we do these recordings, um, we put them all into one day and producer Brett and the team get it all scheduled. You You are the first, you get the first brunt of George in the morning. So I've had like a 19 coffee. Um, and been at this for a while, but I know you're over on the, on the West coast in Los Angeles, but thanks for joining us early. And uh, you know, you're a fellow podcaster. And as you know, we're on our fifth season here at uh, Conquer Local. We started the podcast for our company, Vendasta, is a way to not only provide information to our partners, but to bring in thought leaders worldwide to help businesses conquer local. And you're doing some amazing things over at SalesCast, which jumps into our first topic. What's the upside of including podcasting as a part of a company's brand strategy, in your opinion?
0: Oh, man. I mean, the hardest part here is going to be getting me to shut up on this one. So you're going to have to cut me off at some point. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, there's so many benefits of having a podcast, um, for a, for a company, right? I mean, there's, there's individual benefits, but for a company, you number one, I mean, the brand awareness from having a podcast is huge, right? So even just having that social proof of, you know, me having a conversation with George, you know, there's, there's benefits in that, um, creating content and collaborating and creating partnerships Um, and opportunities with the people that you have on your show is probably one of the most beneficial things. Um, But it also serves as a great content machine. I mean, a lot of times, specifically, I know a lot of your audience are marketers, marketing agencies, right? And sometimes uh, what I found in different marketing agencies and companies is sometimes their marketing is the first thing that doesn't get done, right? Because they're so busy with client work and deliverables and all the other things that they have to do. And a podcast can really solve that because one of the reasons I love podcasting so much is through that single. Activity of you know me and you having a thirty minute you know conversation or so, uh, I can have so much content that I can repurpose in many different ways. I can chop it up and put it on Instagram, you know, reels or even TikTok. I can uh, make make really nice clips for LinkedIn. Um, I could repurpose it into a blog. You can do quote cards, text posts. I mean, if you just do one to two podcasts, say a week you would have more than enough content to create an entire content calendar for the month. So that's one of the huge benefits um, that I would say. And then there's the brand awareness. The brand awareness is hard for some folks. And when you start a podcast only for brand awareness, and typically the thought is, hey, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to answer all of the questions that my prospects have. Right? kind of similar to like, hey, I'm going to write blogs and then I'm going to have more leads than I know what to do with. Uh, the reality is it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. Um, so if you only go into podcasting with sort of your you know, very narrow focus of this is a brand awareness play, uh, you're probably going to get frustrated and give up at some point so i also also like to have like a sales motion in there whether it's building partnerships or interviewing clients or you know for customer retention or even interviewing and having conversations and collaborating and adding value to people that you want to do business with um, that's one of my favorite benefits of podcasting
1: you know, I'm glad that you dispelled some of the, the myths around this, that I'm going to start a podcast. money's going to rain from the heavens. Same as if we start writing a blog, uh, by the way, money does not rain from the heavens, regardless of what we read on Pinterest or LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, and, and I can, uh, you know, we live this over the last four years of building the brand. I can't remember the number of times where executives were like, okay, why are we funding this thing again? Um, yeah. and then after about year two what we noticed was we would walk into senior level meetings with maybe even people we hadn't even met before. And they're like, I listened to your podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Whoa, we're starting to, we're starting to make an impact. And, and I don't know if the team told you in the pre-interview call in the early days, all I was trying to do is scale. I'm like if I have to do the same training over and over and over again, why not just have it in a repository? So those first few episodes were around working with, uh, with thought leadership pieces that we needed to get out to a larger audience. And we were only doing it in one-to-one or in webinar type formats. And, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I, I came from the broadcast space. So I was used to having millions of people listen. No, I've never had millions of people listen (laughs) to me on the radio, but you know, we always had a large audience and you get five people to show up for a webinar and you're like, oh, that was a bit of a waste. But, uh, somebody said to me one day, it's like, you did get four hours of your life back because you had five people consume the content in that hour rather than doing it five times. So, you know, that was kind of the lens of starting the podcast, but fast forward to today into season five. We're finding that guests like you actually end up as guest contributors on our blog. You become contributors in our community. You become sometimes affiliate partners, sometimes even channel partners or, or vendor partners. So it, it powers the entire flywheel of the organization. Um, you have been very successful in generating revenue. Um, with your podcast and you know that's not what we do here it's not like I could say hey Brendan we're gonna put some ad units in and I want 20% of all that I probably should have done that from day one um, <laughs> but I'd love to hear from you how you've been able to monetize your podcast um, and and quite successfully I might add so congratulations with that
0: yeah thank you so I mean there's a lot of different ways that you can look at monetizing your podcast right and um, you really want to think about it from day one because people often don't think about it. And then they get disappointed and they're like, why the heck am I doing this? It, you know, takes up a lot of time. There's maybe not as many people listening as I was hoping for. What's the point? And then they give up. And that's why there's 2.7 ish million podcasts out there and only 50% still release episodes. And then here's an interesting fact. Uh, the top 10% of podcasts get 90% of the total listenership. Okay. And the reason that that point is important, because if you're thinking like, I don't know if I should start a podcast, there's too many podcasts. Uh, Will people listen? Well, there's more demand that there is inventory of good quality podcasts. And that's why 90% of the total listenership uh, goes to the top 10% of shows. And, it's not that hard to get to the top 10%. If you get, you know, a few thousand downloads a month, you're in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it's a little harder to get to the top 5% or top two or one or so on. Um, My show is in the top half percent of my category. I hate saying that because it makes me sound like a little bit of a arrogant (laughs) douchebag. I usually just say 1%, but I want to give the real facts here. So um, there's a few different ways you can look at it. One, promoting your own stuff, right? So maybe you don't have sponsors. Maybe you have a digital product. Maybe you have a SaaS product. Maybe you have a social media company where people can sign up on your website. Well, building up a audience that you own the attention of is extremely valuable, right? George, you even explained, you know, when you walked into meetings, like the rapport and the trust that you already had with people that have been listening to the podcast, it's hard to replicate that. Um, People you people who listen to podcasts, it's a little bit different than somebody consuming your content on social, which they're only going to see sometimes, right? People are making a conscious decision to plug you into their ears and give you their undivided attention. And that's why people who listen to podcasts are four times more likely to take action on an offer than say reading a blog or clicking on an ad. So there's a lot of trust that gets built up. So it could be promoting your own stuff, whatever that looks like, right? It could be having sponsors, um, it could be also people paying to come on your show, which is another reverse stream for my show. Um, or it could also be building relationships with people you want to work with and having them on your show and doing it in a classy way, not like, hey, George, after this, I'm going to try to sell you something immediately, right? It's just working the relationship and being specific about people that you ask on that fall into your, you know, ideal customer profile and building relationships with them in a different way where you're, you know, collaborating, creating content and adding value from day one. So my show specifically has three revenue streams. Um, I haven't checked uh, February because I just had my fourth kid. Um, But the last time I checked, which was for January's numbers, Um, My show specifically generated a little bit over $30,000 for us. And that was a mix of three different revenue streams. One was people who came on the show, never had a relationship with them before, and they became clients. That made up about 40% of that revenue. Um, Another 45% of that revenue was sponsors that are paying for um, ad spots on the show. And sponsors is tricky because you really only want to promote stuff that you're very that you use yourself that you're mm-hmm. passionate about that you have had a positive experience with because you start to lose the trust of your audience if every week you're promoting something different right and, and then you start com- and then it gets even more complicated if you're like promoting you know different competitive products with each other right? So be very selective on who you promote on your show and what it is and make sure it's something that you, you know, have had a good experience with. Um, and then the last 5% was just people paying to come on the show because as your show gets popular, people are going to reach out and, you know, try to do some cold outreach to go on the show. And if the person looks like a good fit and they see value, they will pay to come on the show. You know, from
1: a, from corporate marketing perspective, we, we have bought spots, on certain podcasts because we knew it was Mm -hmm. an audience that we wanted to speak to. What we're, what we're working on here in season five is some monetary monetization strategies, but our monetization happens when vendor products or services through our ecosystem get delivered to an end user and they find value from it. So it's a little bit of a different strategy, but I do like that that nuance that you have, it's not just some random programmatic advertising feed that drops into the spot. It's somebody that you actually endorse, use, and understand, um, you know, very, uh, deeply. And and then the audience appreciates your
0: lens on that product. Yeah, exactly. And, and sometimes, and sometimes, you know, so the things that I promote, um, like right now, I have an ad on there for monster connect, which is a parallel assisted dialer that me and my team use and have used for years, Um, I've done work with Vidyard, which is a video, you know, sales tool that me and my team have used forever. Um, right now we have wingman on there, which is a conversational intelligence tool that me and my team have used forever. So, and, and, and then the other thing too, is like, think about the things that you use currently and would they want to reach your audience or maybe even something that you'd like to use. And then you can say, hey, I have this audience. I'd like to use your product. Maybe we can create a win-win situation. If I can test it out for X period of time and I have a good experience, maybe there's a bit of a trade-out and a discount plus, you know, so you're saving yourself money and driving revenue. So there's a lot of different ways to get creative um, with how you monetize your podcast.
1: So I'm going to throw something from left field because I love doing that, Uh, but I know you can handle it. How how have you been able to handle these affiliate relationships? Because, I, you know, I'm a big Canva user because um, yeah. I kind of fancy myself as a graphic designer. Anybody that saw my stuff will know I'm not. But uh, Canva has a, an affiliate link. Um, have you utilized any of that affiliate landscape to be able to drive some of that revenue as well?
0: So I personally have not, but we have over 75 shows in our network and some of them have. And one of the things that I would say, you're not going to get rich off affiliate marketing. Uh, Mostly the commissions, usually they're very um, low margin type of products, right? Like they're not, you know, uh, you're not going to make thousands of dollars, um, depending, I mean, maybe you could, but you're going to, maybe after you've been podcasting for a good period of time, um, but eventually there becomes a point where affiliate no longer makes sense because that real estate is just too valuable. Right. Um, so a couple things that you can look at here. Well, number one, if you're just getting started and you're like not really ready yet to say, charge somebody for an ad spot on your show, uh, affiliate marketing can be a great place to start because just having that sort of proof that you have a sponsor, <laughs> um, helps you get the next sponsor. Right? So there's that benefit and you can make a little bit of money or even just hopefully break even on maybe what it's costing you while you're getting started. Um, but eventually as the show becomes popular and you, you, you stay consistent with the show and it starts to grow, um, that real estate on your show just becomes too valuable where affiliate marketing just doesn't make a ton of sense. However, you can do a bit of a hybrid, right? Maybe you have an ad spot and, um, a, you know, company that you really love and you use doesn't quite have the budget. Maybe there's a bit of a trade out where, hey, we get to use your product um, and would we'll charge you to go here. And, you know, there's an affiliate tied to that as well.
1: So they, the uh, provider can track the lead and know that they got ROI on it. But I, I love what you're saying there. Eventually it comes a point where if I'm making 2% on a $7 item, I can sell that real estate for a heck of a lot more value once I build up my audience. And, you know, to your point, and by the way, that wasn't bragging at all. Like to be in the top half percent of your category, I'm I'm sitting over here jealous, um, not bragging if it's true. So congratulations on that. So I I want to get down to, I'm sure we've got people in our audience and I know some of our listeners plus alumni that have been guests on the show have recently launched podcasts. I'm thinking of my yeah. friend Mitchell Slater, who's down in, uh, in Florida with his brand new pod, I see them all the time, which is great. I think people should be adopting this. What, how how do you start one with little or no budget? And then Mm -hmm. what are some of those main components? Like if, if you could do it over again, Colin, um, and, and help some folks not trip on some of the places that maybe you and I tripped on as we built these things from scratch, we'd love to, we'd love to understand that from, from your experience.
0: Okay. I love this question. Um, first thing is, I mean, this is just a general thing. Like, don't overthink it. Just get started. Like, I truly believe that, and I don't know. I, I can't predict the future. Okay, but this is my prediction. In five to maybe ten years, maybe sooner. I don't know. I think within that time frame, as a brand, as a company, if you don't have a podcast, it would almost be the equivalent of not having a website today. I think that's where it's going because. It's harder on social, right? To, to have an audience that you own the attention. If you're just posting organically, only a small percentage of people are gonna see your content or you pay to play, right? With a podcast, you're not competing with an algorithm or anything like that. Podcasts are where YouTube was 10 or 12 years ago. If you're trying to get started in YouTube today, really, really hard, okay? Still hard in podcasting, but if you got started in YouTubing 10, 12 years ago and you stay stuck with it, you're probably making pretty good money now yeah. Um, or you have a massive following and you could, you know, pretty much promote anything yours or somebody else's and it's going to be successful. So um, how you can get started, just get started. Number one, it doesn't have to be the best podcast. Okay. Get your number one, get yourself a decent setup, right? Don't be sitting in your bedroom with your dirty laundry behind you, you know, have a decent setup. You don't have to spend a ton of money on equipment. Um, I use the road podcaster. It's like a $200 mic. I have like a hundred dollar Logitech camera. Like that's good enough. Okay. And I podcast multiple every, like almost every day. I'm either doing a podcast or guesting on a show or both. Okay. So that's good enough. That's the main thing. And then as far as getting started, you're going to need a podcast host. Okay. Most people go with anchor because it's free. Now, if your budget is really tight, just go with anchor. It's free um it's worth spending extra money if monetization is part of your plan to have a host that has dynamic ads um something like simplecast which is which we use for all of our clients and the benefit there is you can promote things across all of your episodes um with anchor you can't do that and this is a huge benefit because as your show grows in popularity you're going to start to see that about 75% of your listenership is from historical episodes that were published in the previous months. Okay, so very important piece that most people don't think about out the gate. Um, If you're going to spend any money, that's where I'd spend it, you know, spend 15 bucks a month, get Simplecast. All right. Um, Is Then you're going to need, you know, cover art, you're going to need an intro and an outro, I would recommend that you just, maybe you have a creative team, maybe you are creative, like you could totally hack this together yourself. If you don't want to, you can go on Fiverr, Upwork, or find somebody that you can outsource to just create those creative assets for you. Um, I typically recommend that people record on riverside.fm because it's just higher quality so that you can use good high quality video so that you can have good quality audio. However, if you're doing it yourself, um, I would recommend you use StreamYard. StreamYard is typically used for streaming live, which maybe your podcast is live. But the benefit that I like there is it's gonna minimize some of the post-production work If you're doing this on your own with StreamYard, you can go into StreamYard, you can press play on your intro, have the conversation, play, press play on your outro, and then end the conversation. And whether you did it live or not, it's recorded. And then you have two files. You have one video optimized, ready to go to YouTube. And then you have your full audio, which you can post on your podcast platform. Now, that's basically all you need to get started. A few important details that you need to think about in launching your show is your show name. Show name is important, but don't get stuck on it because you can change it. Um, But think about your show name is who do you want to listen to your show? And what would they search on the podcast platforms? And whatever that is, it should be part of your name. Okay, because your name is a huge piece of real estate for visibility on the podcast platforms and podcast SEO. The other thing that you really want to think about that's often overlooked is your titles of your episodes. So the titles of your episodes are extremely important. Sometimes people just put a guest name and an episode number and like call it a day. And it's really lazy and it hurts you in a big way. So you want to think about a good hook. You want to think about a keyword that you can pack in there. It's, It's good practice to have a good solid title. And then show notes are another detail that people often overlook. They'll just write a short description because they're like frustrated. They've been editing content and it's like, I can't do another thing but good quality show notes with good keywords will make a huge difference on whether your show is successful or not.
1: Well and you're you're leaning into SEO because when somebody's looking for a topic to do research on, you want to make sure that that show ranks and and it's such an important piece you know we've already lived through I, I love these because I I remember living through the iterations to kind of understand that these are important. I wish I would have been able to listen to you four years ago. Um, <laughs> and I I love the fact that you call out, one of the unintended amazing consequences of having consistency of building a corpus of content, because one day you wake up and you're now a hundred episodes, 150 episodes, 200 episodes, and episodes from four seasons ago are getting listened to as many times in that last month as the episode you just dropped with the big name guest like Colin Mitchell. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, we ran an experiment, we split tested this when we were running some ads and we wanted to see how many impressions would get, you know, from past episodes. And then for episodes that were dropped in that month, and it was about 75% were older episodes. People come in and binge listen, or maybe they're traveling, maybe they're on a plane and they're getting caught up and they just hit play. And then it plays the older one and the older one and the older one, and they get hooked. And same reason why people binge on Netflix, right? They watch an episode and then they just like can't stop. And if the content is good, that's what's going to happen. And people even search and like look for specific things that they want to maybe consume. So that's why good, good titles matter. Okay, because you want something that's gonna catch somebody when they're scrolling through your show of, like that's an episode that they would be interested in.
1: So our listeners are on the edge of their seat call and listening to you and they wanna connect with you. But I before we get to how they do all that, I think it's important to explain what the heck is salescast. Like like <laughs> sales cast is is underneath all of this. Could you explain to us the concept?
0: Yeah, so you know it's it's sort of evolved over time, right? When we when we first got started we were really focused on helping people launch new podcasts and grow them. Um, But today, a lot of what we do is still that. We help people launch new shows. um, And we also take over existing shows um, that want to grow or want to drive revenue and haven't been able to do that. And then we also book people on high-quality shows. And then we also have a free podcast community. So that's kind of everything that we do under the SalesCast brand. Uh, we like to say that we're revenue first podcast for entrepreneurs and sales leaders. So we think of us as like the operating system for B2B podcasting. We have community uh, made up of sales and marketing and revenue professionals. Um, We have inclusive online community courses, tutorials, events, guest matching, and then world-class production. So basically people that are like, Hey, this is a lot. I know I want to do this, but it's, you know, I've got other things that are more important or I don't have time they can hit record and we take care of the rest.
1: No, that's, that's amazing for the folks that are listening, going, okay, you got me. I need to do a podcast. They can just come to Salescast, and you folks can take care of everything. Or maybe we have a struggling podcast that isn't hitting the revenue numbers or listener numbers. They can come to you and get coaching on how to improve that. If I hear you correctly. And then finally, so sometime, yeah, yep. we, we might just be able to hang out with people who are doing podcasting and get that community effect. Did, did I encapsulate it correctly?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in existing shows, sometimes we take over production and we drive strategy Um, with all the shows that we work with. We're very obsessed with growing the show. We're very obsessed with aligning the show with a business objective or helping it drive revenue. We're not just a content shop. There's a lot, there's two, there's enough of those. Um, We really focus on people that want to drive revenue through their show and those are our people. And then we launched the community because we talked to so many folks Um, And many of them took the information that we had in those conversations and then went and started their shows and have successful shows today, um, but just didn't necessarily have budget. Um, And so that's the reason that we launched the community. We have new people joining every day. I think we're at like 350 members in there. Um, It's absolutely free to join. There's resources, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, And then there's even options to get like tools and discounts and things that you need to get started.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Um, it sounds like a fantastic resource for people who are thinking of getting into the business, or maybe you're you've been in the business and, and you're not hitting the numbers you want. And you just want to learn, and I, and I love that concept of community. But you know, Colin, I really appreciate the learnings that you brought to our audience. And by the way, it's the first time I've heard it articulated that way that if you don't have a podcast in the next you know three to five years, it'll be like not having a website. Well. Listen, it's just fantastic to speak to another individual that has been super successful with podcasting and is so passionate about it. I am excited to join SalesCast and the community and learn from you know the people that you're bringing together and learn more from you. And on behalf of everybody listening today to this episode, Colin, thanks for all your learnings on the business of podcasting. I'm sure you've inspired a number of our listeners.
0: Awesome. Thanks, George.
1: You need to approach podcasting, in Colin's words, as you would anything in life. Ignore the myths surrounding quick gratification, stumbling across millions of listeners, and easy monetization. You need to invest in these channels, have patience. But also, we're looking for revenue, but we got to be mindful about our ads. If you focus too much on monetization, installing programmatic random advertising, you may lose your audience because the advertising is not relevant. I took a lot from what uh, Colin was saying there. If you focus too much on your audience and brand, you may get discouraged because you're not making any money. So sometimes it's a chicken and egg. Be strategic about your ads. It allows you to maintain the integrity of your show, but you build a brand and earn income as you grow. Colin goes through all the fundamentals of podcasting, but the one thing I want to highlight is search engine optimization or SEO. Care about your titles. Care about the name of your podcast. Put yourself in the mind of the audience. What would they be searching for? What are they typing for when they're doing their research? That's the way to attract those new listeners. We want to use the keywords that make sure that we get the right eyeballs, or in this case, podcasting, the right eardrums, listening to our show when they're looking for the information at that right time. And then remember, we're telling a story. And people like engaging stories. can't just be there regurgitating data points. You want to tell it in a story. If you like Colin's episode discussing podcasting, let's continue the conversation. Check out episode 500, Creating Confidence, auditioning for the role of yourself from a very accomplished podcaster, Heather Monahan. Please subscribe and leave us a review. And thanks for joining us this week on the Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been
0: listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest discovery by Zoe Schneider. Marketing by Rory Lawford and Nicole Lozon. Produced by Brett Clarenbach. Executive producers, Brendan King, George Leith, and Colleen McGrath. Recorded at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.